Hey folks, it's Cody Stoffer with Playmakers Corner, here to tell you about Code Red Coaching. Competing in athletics means you've lifted the weights, you've watched film, and you've got the passion. Problem is, that's what everyone else in the state has done. Perfect your game by honing in on your mental performance with Code Red Coaching. Whether you are a team or an individual, Code Red Coaching has the tools to create mentally solid habits and set up you or your team for success. Find Code Red Coaching at coderedcoaching.com or call 720-979-1914 to learn more today. That's coderedcoaching.com or 720-979-1914 today. Now back to the show and welcome into the show here. I am your showrunner slash host for this episode, Cody Stoffer here, and we have another exciting edition of End of the Year Awards. These awards are based on regular season stats and performances, and the way that this works is we have a few different categories here from Newcomer of the Year, which goes to the Best Overall Rated Freshman. We have Defensive Playmaker of the Year, Offensive Playmaker of the Year, Most Valuable Playmaker, and Newest to this season, Coach of the Year. And so the way that this works here is there is a panel Obviously, of the four hosts here at Playmakers Corner, between myself, Coach V, Gideon, and Gino. And then we also have some other members of the media, such as Coach Wes of Prep Red Zone and We In That Mode Productions, as well as Spencer from Box State Sports. And then you, the fans, actually voted on Twitter slash X for a vote in this panel as well. So that's seven total votes between all of us, including you, the fans, on those Twitter polls here where whoever had the majority got the nod there. And the fans, you, the fans, the listeners, have the power of the tiebreaker as well. So in case there are any ties, such as two candidates that would have three votes apiece, the tiebreaker actually goes to you, the fans, deciding who gets that final vote here. So that is really fun. We're very excited to talk about all these players and some of their notable games this year as well as mention some, you know, honorable mentions for all of these awards as well. And then at the very end of the episode, we will talk about our all-playmaker teams. That's similar to an all-state team, but we have position limits and only one team. So no first, second, and honorable mentions there. We just have who is on there and move from there. It's very cutthroat, but we think it gives a way more definitive kind of lineup of who we think is the best in that classification across the board by position there. So I will be sure to address that at the very end of the episode. But before that, let's go ahead and talk about the awards here, starting off with newcomer of the year that goes to the most outstanding freshman. So we had four candidates for this category here. And so let's go ahead and talk about their regular seasons individually. So the first one here was Jaden Zeller, a skill position player primarily at wideout for Chatfield High School. Over the course of the regular season, he had 172 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns, as well as 47 punt return yards and 19 rushing yards. He caught a touchdown against the likes of Lakewood, as well as one against Ralston Valley, one that Gino would have witnessed. And those were two of his more prominent receiving games with 39 and 37 yards apiece to add up for his total prior to the preseason, where he also had a nice one, but like I said, not a part of the consideration here. The next candidate was actually a starting quarterback here for Mullen High School. That is Koa Dietrich here for the Mustangs, who threw for 2,052 yards, 21 touchdowns to just five interceptions, and added on another two rushing touchdowns and 214 yards. Some of his notable performances were against the likes of Erie, where he threw three touchdowns on 41 attempts for 255 yards and no picks. And then he followed that up with a three-touchdown, no-interception performance against Mountain Ridge High School. And that would actually be his highest throwing yard total of the season at 277 yards. He also threw for 228 yards and four touchdowns to just one pick on just 19 attempts against Brighton High School that ended up to be a very critical win to help them get a slightly better seed in the postseason. And he's also joined here by a teammate as well. That is running back slash defensive back Montre Lewis Jr., 
who on the season had 247 rushing yards with three rushing touchdowns, as well as 73 kick return yards and 12 tackles and a pass breakup. Most of his damage from this season came early against Lakewood, where he notched eight carries for 73 yards and a score, and he would rush for over 40 yards a couple of other times. Defensively, he had the most tackles out of his season against the state champs, actually, Columbine, with three, and he got a pass deflection against Prairie View. And then the last newcomer of the year candidate is out of Regis Jesuit High School, Jackson Roper, a defensive end slash tight end here, already at six foot five and listed at 235 pounds as a freshman. How could you keep this guy off the field as he notches 18 tackles, one for loss, half a sack, three hurries, and a forced fumble over the course of the regular season? His big tackle game coming against Ralston Valley High School, where he actually notched seven total tackles. And then once you look at Douglas County High School, that is where he gets his TFL. And also in that Ralston Valley game, he notches a hurry and half a sack as well. So that was a big game for Jackson Roper. And now that we know who the candidates are, let's go ahead and turn our attention to our polls here and start off with our guest votes here with Coach Wes out of Prep Red Zone and we in that mode. And Wes here is going to vote for Jaden Zeller saying, quote, this kid is different. The first time I saw him play live reminded me of the first time I saw Jeremiah Hoffman in person. He's a kid who deserves to be mentioned when talking about who's next at the top of the wide receiver list for Colorado. Zeller is going to be a real problem for secondaries for the next three years, end quote. So that is one vote for Jaden Zeller out of Chatfield here. And now let's go over to Spencer from Box State Sports who says, quote, Koa Dietrich, the way this kid came into freshman year and locked down the quarterback spot for Mullen, showing poise beyond his years and adding the stats to back it up, he is my definite Nkoy Mullen is in very good hands, and these next three years should be awesome to watch, end quote. And much like our friends in media here, you guys were pretty split between these two candidates as well. At a 589 votes, Roper notched 7% and Montre Lewis Jr. notched 11. But believe it or not, Koa Dietrich and Jaden Zeller, there was no difference percentage-wise just because the percents don't go down to the decimal here. But earning probably just literally one more vote than the other was Koa here with 41% to Jaden Zeller's 41%. However, Koa is just a little bit stronger. So like I said, must have had one more vote this has got to be the closest margin I've ever seen for a fan vote since they are literally listed at the same percent, but out of 589, you know, that can come down to just a single vote. So every vote matters. So next time we have these going, we're going to have them going for women's flag football. So be sure to tune in there and voice your opinion there and be sure to follow us on Twitter slash X at Playmaker Corner. So you can see all of these awards and whatnot once we get to that point in the season. Now, let's go ahead and jump over to the PMC crew, where one candidate in particular is going to run away with this, and that is going to start with Coach V saying, quote, I'm extremely biased having known Koa for a couple years now, but I'm so happy to have seen him get his opportunity at Mullen and make the most of it. This is a kid that has a work ethic and will not let this be his floor. He played, he played well even when Mullen as a team isn't playing great. That's hard to do as a freshman QB, so a lot of respect to him, end quote. So that's a vote for Koa from Simon. And then myself, I think that he seems like the stability at QB that Mullen needs to legitimize themselves as a contender again, which means something not only for Mullen, but for the state of Colorado. So my vote is also going to Koa Dietrich here. Gideon says, quote, all due respect to the other nominees, but this isn't much of a competition. Dietrich was the starting QB on a playoff team, somehow pulling Mullen to the 20 seed. The Mustangs have a light at the end of the tunnel with Dietrich at the helm. And if he and Montre Lewis Jr. keep up this standard of play, not many will be able to contest them in a couple of years. End quote. And lastly, Gino here saying, quote, things are looking up for the Mustangs because Koa is the real deal. Hopefully the coaching staff is able to build a quality team around Koa in the next couple of years and revive what was once a great program, end quote. 
So that is going to be a whopping one, two, three, four, five, six votes for Koa here and one vote for Jaden Zeller. All respect to all the other candidates, but I mean, Koa was really just literally a starting quarterback as a freshman and also is one of the few quarterbacks that we've seen as a freshman have a positive TD to INT ratio. And it also means a light, like Gino said at the end of the tunnel here, or like Gideon said, I mean, where, you know, this Mullen program hopefully can use this as a springboard to establish themselves as a great program here in Colorado once again. And that is Koa Dietrich here as the newcomer of the year in 5A 2023. Allow me to introduce you to Move the Sticks Virtual Film Academy and Recruiting Services with Coach Wheat. Coach Wheat works through personable, one-on-one film sessions utilizing his experience as a high school, college, and professional football player to assess your level of play and help you develop into the next level player you are meant to be. With over 20-plus players on the next level, Coach Wheat's film sessions, college prospect assessments, recruiting consultations, and bundles will help prepare your prospect in a way that is both more personable and affordable than the competitors. Make it even more affordable using the promo code PMCO on mtsvfa.com. That is 15% off with promo code PMCO on mtsvfa.com. Visit the website or follow at MoveTheSticksVFA on Instagram or reach out to Coach Wee at 561-961-8805 today. That's 561-961-8805. And we're back with another category here, this time Defensive Playmaker of the Year. And before we talk about the finalists, let's go ahead and talk about some honorable mentions like Cam Chapa, a senior defensive back out of Eagle Crest. And his stats this season, regular season, were 64 tackles, four for loss, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, four picks, and 10 pass breakups. Will Knox out of Arapahoe, who had 103 tackles, 10.5 for loss, 1.5 sacks, eight hurries, a forced fumble, two picks, and two pass deflections. Trevor Nordstrom, the linebacker from Regis Jesuit, 121 tackles, 13 of those for loss, 4.5 sacks, 10 hurries, two forced fumbles, a blocked punt, a fumble recovery, and a pass breakup. And Jordan Ochoa, the senior edge rusher out of Castleview, 55 tackles, nine and a half of those for loss. In addition, six and a half sacks, 27 hurries, and a forced fumble in his last hurrah. Now, let's go ahead and talk about some of the finalists here, starting with Goose Shelp here, the senior defensive back out of Chatfield, who had an awesome season here with five interceptions. Five forced fumbles, which is really crazy to see out of a defensive back here. Two pass breakups, 38 tackles, and a tackle for loss, showing that he's not just useful out of the cornerback position, but all over the field. And so looking at his season, some of his notable performances were those like Pomona, where he got six tackles, including the one for loss. He also had two picks against Lakewood and a pick against Pomona, a pick against Dakota Ridge, and a pick in their opening game against a state opponent, I should say, in Cherokee Trail. So awesome season there, as well as a pass breakup against Cherry Creek and Thunder Ridge. So that's Goose Shelp, the awesome cornerback from Chatfield, who is the real deal live and would have even better numbers if he wasn't such a threat to... (laughs) If he wasn't such a threat to, you know, throw at and get picked off by. Now, our next candidate here is out of Legend High School. That is Nate Sandy, the senior linebacker here, who packed quite a punch this season, recording 114 tackles, eight of those for loss, a sack, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and two interceptions to go with six pass deflections. So being a linebacker that could also play in the pass, big time there. In a win against Ponderosa, he had a pick as well as a pass deflection. In a very close loss to Fountain Fort Carson, he had another one of his picks as well. And then as far as big tackle or just big game performances, against Pine Creek, he had 13 tackles, one for loss, and a sack as well, combined with a pass deflection, showing his do-it-all ability. He also recorded a season-high 17 tackles against Regis Jesuit, including three TFLs, 
which was only matched in one other week, and that was in a win against Chaparral. So, you know, this legend defense, one of the highest ranked or regarded defenses in the 5A classification, and Nate Sandy had a lot to do with that. So shout out Nate Sandy. Now, these next two cats, or should I say angels, are from the same high school, and that is Denver East linebacker Landon Holloway, who had 143 tackles, 24 for loss, two sacks, four forced fumbles, nine pass breakups, and three interceptions. I know one of his best games this season came against Denver South, 17 total tackles, four for loss, and he also had two picks in that game and two pass breakups. And if you think that those numbers sound video game-like or exaggerated, they're not. Coach V and I were literally there watching him take over this entire game, and it was unlike anything we'd ever seen. He also had another four pass breakups against North Glen and another two in a win against Doherty. When you look at his sacks, those came against Westminster and Smoky Hill. And then he had some absurd tackle performances like Overland, where he recorded 22 total tackles and four for a loss and just continued to pile up great performance after great performance all season long for Denver East. Much like his teammate DJ Crow, the junior defensive end who had a total of 84 tackles, 24 and a half for loss, 12 sacks, seven hurries, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and four pass breakups from the defensive end position, getting up there and showing that he can impact the game in a variety of ways. Two of those against Mountain Range, one of those against North Glen, and one of those against Westminster here. And also against Westminster in the second matchup is when he forced and recovered a fumble taking him back 19 yards. He also had some pretty absurd performances, like in the second game against Westminster, he recorded three sacks as well as three hurries to go with his nine total tackles and four TFLs. He also had an absurd 17 sack or 17 yards lost on two sacks against Smoky Hill to go with his nine other tackles and three for loss. This three TFL stat line was familiar against Doherty, Overland, four against Westminster. I mean, dude was really just a beast. And this Denver East defense was nuts this past year, holding opponents to very low scoring averages and helping Denver East record one of their better records in the past decade or so. So now that we have the candidates listed out for you, let's go ahead and see where the votes landed. And first, we're going to start with Coach V actually here, who's voting for the defensive end, DJ Crow, saying, quote, he's had two straight excellent years off the edge, and for him to follow up last year with this year's performance is incredible. He continues to show why he's one of the toughest dudes in the state to stop. Even when he's getting triple teamed and chipped on blocks, he still makes plays, end quote. Now, Simon, loving his guys in the box here, but I am liking our guys on the outside here, like Goose Shelp saying that, you know, not only do the stats pop off the page in the turnover category, but I kind of hinted at it earlier by mentioning that his ability to blanket opposing receivers and make plays in zone and force quarterbacks to look elsewhere was top notch and opened up opportunities for his teammates to make plays as well. Combine that with the speed and athleticism to close ground quickly and minimize gains, and that's a whole beast of a playmaker on defense. So my vote is going to Goose Shelp. Now we're going to jump from the founders of the pod to the to some of the oldest friends of the pod here with Coach West saying, quote, Holloway was consistently one of the best linebackers in the state throughout the entire season. He led the state in tackles all the way up to the loss in the playoffs, end quote. And Landon, I mean, yeah, he was an absolute beast, and I completely agree with Coach West. But you know who also agrees with Coach West is Spencer here, who says, quote, I think you gotta go with Holloway. Talk about, quote, subquote, playmaker's corner, and subquote, homie lives in the playmaker's corner. Shout out Spence. Dude is a freak who looks like he loves getting his nose dirty. It's not surprising that he led the state in tackles. With the closing speed and the force of his hits, I'd put him at safety at the next level and watch him come flying downhill like a Mack truck. Think Harrison Smith, end quote. So with our friends here chipping in their votes, Landon Holloway now takes a two to one to one lead here over Goose and DJ. 
But speaking of friends, what if we look to our friends on social media? That's you, the listeners here, and see how you decided here. Shout out to you guys for showing up on this one here with 573 votes. DJ Crow not getting the same enthusiasm here, but still plenty of votes here at 18%. Nate Sandy at 21% here. Landon Holloway at 24%, but is just short. And you, the audience, have agreed with myself, which is in great taste here. Voting for Goose Shelp at 37% and winning the Twitter slash X vote here to tie this series up and arguably take a lead as well with the tiebreaker technically. But there are two more members of Playmakers Corner who do have votes on here. And one of those is Gideon, who is going to make this even more interesting by voting for DJ Crow here. And now it's all of a sudden a three-way tie saying, quote, I feel bad for any offensive tackle that lines up opposite DJ Crow. You know that he is going to get at least one sack every game and just hope it isn't off of your mistake. Not as many sacks as last year, but pretty darn close. The Denver East Angels were a team to be feared for the first time in a while, and a large part of that is what Crow was able to do. Holloway is also in second place to me, but Crow's sacks and TFLs put it ahead for me. Nobody is better, parenthesis in 5A, and parenthesis, at making line judges back up than DJ. So, now that we have a three-way tie here at two votes, and Goose with the narrow tiebreaker, where is Gino going to go, and will this be the deciding vote? Well, it will be the deciding vote. And it will be for a Denver East Angel. These two guys, oh man, I bet, you know, they're going to have to give each other some uh, some hard times here and, uh, you know, make their life a little just annoying here. Because, I mean, it's a friendly competition between teammates at the end of the day. But Gino here is going to give it to the senior Landon Holloway here, saying, quote, Holloway was amazing this year, leading the state in tackles while also putting up an absurd 28 TFLs. He is a nightmare for opposing offenses with his elite instincts and hard-hitting ability. Plus, I'm not sure if Denver East is in the playoff conversation without Holloway's work on defense, end quote. So in a wild turn of events here, Gino gets the last say, and Landon Holloway gets three votes to Goose's two votes to DJ Crow's two votes. Like I said, Landon, you're going to have to just harass DJ just a little bit here, especially since, you know, this was your last season of football here at East. So DJ, maybe just keep doing what you're doing and uh, see if you can run it back next year. But the 2023 5A Defensive Playmaker of the Year from PMC is Landon Holloway out of Denver East. Now a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Offensive Playmaker. Obviously, you want a trainer who can make you stronger and faster with the work you put in, but what about a trainer who can help you rehab and recover like the pros? Look no further than Junkyard Training that not only offers specific strength and speed training, but also offers a plethora of recovery and rehab techniques like cryo, cupping, recovery boots, and so much more. Learn more today by visiting junkyardtraining.net or call 303-521-7594. Once again, visit junkyardtraining.net or call 303-521-7594 and get started today. And we're back talking about the 5A Offensive Playmaker of the Year Award. But first, let's go ahead and talk about some honorable mentions such as the sophomore quarterback Declan McDonald from Denver East. 16 touchdowns to just 6 picks, 1,373 passing yards, and 10 rushing yards. Joe Steiner out of Eagle Crest, who passed for 1,876 yards, 23 TDs to just 6 picks, as well as another 2 rushing touchdowns on 233 yards. Albert Medina out of Regis Jesuit, who had nine rushing touchdowns, 579 rushing yards, along with 432 receiving yards, seven receiving touchdowns, and another 243 kick return yards. So a pretty absurd amount from scrimmage. And then Derek Gordon, the quarterback from Castleview, 1,523 passing yards, 17 touchdowns to just three interceptions and a rushing score. So shout out to East, Eagle Crest, Regis Jesuit, and Castleview for their Opoi honorable mentions. Now, we have quite an interesting batch here 
of Offensive Playmaker of the Year candidates. One being down south here from Doherty, the Doherty Spartans here. So that DSDS action here. And that's Solomon Latimer, the receiving playmaker from Doherty. 1,108 receiving yards, 12 receiving touchdowns, and 245 kick return yards. And some really monster performances, such as his 277-yard game against Rampart on 12 receptions, scoring twice. He had 109 yards against Mountain Range. But, oh my God, if there's one that takes the cake at a whopping 27.5 yards per reception, it's his game against Westminster 11 receptions for 302 yards and five freaking touchdowns here. Pretty absurd and one of the most dynamic playmakers here to come out of Doherty. I'm very excited to watch his film and have him in consideration for the top five senior receivers of the class of 24. Moving along, though, is another just offensive weapon, honestly, is the best way to categorize Jordan Retchell out of Fairview High School here. 828 rushing yards, 20 rushing touchdowns, 666 receiving yards, and 8 receiving touchdowns, as well as 112 kickoff return yards, 2 conversions, and then, I mean, he was also doing his thing on defense. But we could leave that to the hay side here and talk about offense. We're against the likes of their opening opponent, Highlands Ranch High School, he ran for 125 yards and two touchdowns. Horizon, he ran for 178 yards and three touchdowns. And then against the likes of Douglas County High School here, he ran for 190 yards and five scores while having a few other multi-touchdown games. Rocky Mountain was another one where he ran for a pair and 130 yards. But he's a dual threat out of the backfield slash out of the receiver position such as his 144-yard seven-reception performance against Boulder, where he caught two touchdowns. Look, against uh, Highlands Ranch High School, he also nearly got to 100 on five receptions with a receiving score in that game. And then against Fort Collins, a season highs in receptions, yards, and tied for touchdowns here. 12 receptions, 153 yards, and two scores in that game. So, you know, Jordan Retchell here, Somebody that we've been watching for a few years, constantly in discussion for an award at the end of the season and constantly in discussion for all PMC. He is one of the most talented athletes in the entire state, as evidenced by his prominence on both sides of the football. And he gets to feast his senior year with his old pal back in town, Beckham Kritza. Moving along here is another legend titan on this list here. Jaden Lawrence, the junior running back who notched 1,070 yards and 14 rushing touchdowns. But just like the other guys who we've mentioned here who are tailbacks, he's a part of that wave of tailbacks that can also get it done out of the backfield. 376 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns, not to mention a kickoff return for a touchdown and 181 kickoff return yards. And when we look for where that kickoff return touchdown came from well I'll be glad to let you know that it was in one of the opening games of the season against Pomona here where he returned a kick caught a touchdown and ran for another two scores he also ran for three scores against the likes of Fountain Fort Carson in a very narrow loss in league play and in that game, he ran for 131 yards total. In a win against Pine Creek, that was a really big win for seeding-wise, he ran for 190. And then against Douglas County, he ran for a season-high 233 yards. So somebody who got it done against some of the best in the state, honestly, and did so through explosive athleticism. He's a game-of-the-week playmaker, like Junkyard Training has been able to bring us starting about halfway through the season. And he got that swag, and he's got it both off and on the field. Yes, sir. Now, before I introduce this next group, I do want to preface this by reminding everyone this is a regular season consideration and award. So please keep that in mind when discussing for the first time ever offensive line here for 5A on the Offensive Playmaker of the Year category. And that offensive line is actually the unit from the Cherry Creek Bruins. Love it or hate it. 
We had to get this group in here. I mean, they have three guys committed to Power Fives, and the other two are getting offered by people in Power Fives as well. So you got to keep an eye out for this unit that in the regular season was super dominant. 2,278 rushing yards and another 1,862 passing yards to make for over 4,000 yards of offense and 52 total touchdowns here and keeping their quarterbacks and running backs upright, paving large holes. And I mean, look, a lot of people were not necessarily happy about us having an entire group here, but when given the chance to evaluate a line that's as highly evaluated as this one, it's really hard to just choose one. And we wanted to, you know, give them their slice of pie here on the pod and shout out the big boys up front, the hogs, one might say here. So let's go ahead and jump into the end of the year, end of the regular season, I should say, voting from our panel as well as y'all. Now, y'all did show up and vote for the unit here out of 595 votes. Cherry Creek's O-line got 46% of the vote. Jaden Lawrence was next up at 28. Jordan Retchell was at 16. And Solomon Latimer was also at 10. So everybody getting double-digit percentage votes. And Creek off to a lead that this line will, kind of like us in the polls, form a unit here. Spencer of Box State says, quote, this group has been the most dominant part of Colorado high school football the entire year, and the number one reason Creek has been as dominant as they are. We all know games are won and lost in the trenches, so it's absolutely no surprise they have remained undefeated all year, making them my undisputed opoys, end quote. So that's two votes for Creek here. Coach Wes will echo that sentiment, saying, quote, when you have an offensive front like Cherry Creek, it's hard to vote against them. Multiple Power 5 commits start on the line with a handful of D1 hopefuls backing them up. That line is the most outstanding unit in the state. Don't believe me? Go watch them, end quote. Gino here says, quote, I first want to give credit to both Jordan, Heron, and Brady Vodica. They both had great seasons and were a massive part of Creek's success this year. I think the real culprit of Cherry Creek's unprecedented dominance on offense this year, though, was their offensive line. They've got multiple Power 5 playmakers that have allowed Vodica and Heron to have extremely efficient seasons. It becomes quite clear when you watch Cherry Creek Live how dominant and overwhelming this offensive line is, end quote. Gideon here says, quote, somebody is going to say that this is a cop-out. It may be, but Cherry Creek's offense was unstoppable this year. The only team that even slowed them down was Arapaho. This is, of course, sub end quote. This is, of course, prior to state, re-quote. And a large reason for this was the offensive line. Find me any better offensive unit this side of the Rockies outside of Georgia, Florida, or Texas. It would be very, it would be pretty hard. Hayden Treeter, Ned Zelinskis, A.J. Burton, Soren Shinofield, Max Parrott, Dawson Johnson, if you want to count them, Evan Godin, and T.I. is not a group of guys to mess with. As such, Cherry Creek's offensive line is my vote for Offensive Playmaker of the Year, end quote. Now, Coach V says, quote, I literally do not care what any of the haters have to say about putting an offensive line group up for this award. This is the most deserving group who has found ways to give their QB time and allow their skill players to cook. It's time to honor the big boys up front and really acknowledge how dominant they've been all season, end quote. And me, you know, this is probably going to be a first, but the offensive line was truly something else. And even against talented defensive lines with opposing D1 talent, it didn't really matter. Different running back, rotation of pass catchers, did not matter. This line made it happen for the Bruins on the road to an undefeated regular season. So that is Cherry Creek's offensive line with a unanimous win of offensive playmakers of the year here. And they are going to be the 5A 2023 PMC offensive playmaker, parenthesis S, of the year for their work in the regular season. Now, one more word from a sponsor here, and then we'll be right back with Most Valuable Playmaker. So do you want to know what the best-kept secret in running back training is? It's Mad Skills RB1 training. Coach Vaz is flipping the script and leveling up running back training in Colorado by implementing his proven, nationally recognized system of training. Don't be fooled by the name. Quarterbacks and receivers become fundamentally sound juke artists as well with his training. It's evident the athletes he trains love him. Each progressive training session arms the athlete with a new skill set that prepares them to be shifty, powerful, and elusive. 
Parents love Coach Vaz because with his training, they receive free college recruiting tips, no contracts, and no drama. Message him on Instagram at madskills underscore RB1 training or at Coach Cut Creator on Twitter X for more information. Offseason runs from January through July, so get in the cut and get some mad skills this offseason. And we are back with the last category for players and Fittingly so, it is the most valuable playmaker group. Obviously, if they were in any of the other categories, they were also considered for most valuable playmaker, and most valuable playmakers were also considered for the other positions, as well as the honorable mentions here. There's some really good ones, like Liam Zarka, the senior QB out of Grandview, 2,135 passing yards, 22 touchdowns, such so as five picks, and 480 rushing yards with 10 rushing touchdowns. And then defensively slash special teams wise, 784 punt yards and a pass deflection. There's also Jake Stonebreaker, the senior out of Douglas County. This Husky ran for 963 yards, six touchdowns, as well as 22 receiving yards. And then defensively notched 37 tackles, eight of those for loss, two and a half sacks, seven hurries, two pass breakups, and a forced fumble. And then one that was really hard for me to leave off here was Charlie Eckhart, the senior out of Arapahoe High School. 180 rushing yards, rushing touchdown, along with 639 receiving yards and five receiving touchdowns. And then on special teams, 339 kickoff return yards and a kick return touchdown. That was against Heritage. If it flies, it dies. 57 tackles, a sack, an interception, and seven pass breakups, along with a fumble recovery from that safety position. He was playing on the defensive side of the football. Now, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about the finalists here, such as Logan Madden here. 2,135 passing yards, 18 touchdowns to just four picks, 188 rushing yards, and three rushing touchdowns for this Mustang, helping Rouse Valley weather probably the toughest schedule in Colorado football between their conference, the Jeffco League, that produced three out of the four final four teams, as well as an absurd out-of-league schedule that included the likes of Creek, and Rouston Valley, and I know that it was kind of a down year for Valor, but still they were a playoff team with a bye. And in these games, Mountain Vista High School, he had some stellar performances. Grandview was another one, 20 of 28 for 290 yards and two passing touchdowns. Against Lakewood, three touchdowns to no picks. That's kind of a gimme. Against Pomona, three touchdowns to zero picks. Chatfield, three touchdowns, zero picks, 229 yards. Against Columbine, 287 yards and two touchdowns to no interceptions. So some awesome performances there. And then on the ground, rushing for two touchdowns against Valor Christian, including the go-ahead one. And then also rushing for 50 yards against Regis Jesuit, whom he also threw for a touchdown and no picks against. So Logan Madden playing some of the toughest opponents all season and still coming out with tough wins. Our next candidate here, maybe not here for his schedule, but boy, did he put up pretty absurd stats. That is Mason Kiewet here, the junior quarterback out of Westminster High School, 2,539 passing yards, 24 touchdowns to 11 picks, but another 1,196 rushing yards and 17 rushing touchdowns, being one of the leading touchdown scorers in any classification this year with those 41 total touchdowns. And one of the leading yards fellas here with, what is that, over 3,700 total yards between passing the rock and running the football. He had some awesome performances, like in a win against Far Northeast, where he threw for 326 yards and five scores to just zero touchdown or zero interceptions, I should say. And he did the same thing against Mountain Range, 344 yards and five touchdowns to zero picks on 79% completion. Pretty crazy stuff here but it gets even crazier when you account for his touchdown performances like in a win against Rangeview 95 yards and three rushing touchdowns that was matched in total by Overland here where he had another three rushing touchdowns and 201 rushing yards when he's not able to pass even though he still had a touchdown passing in that game he turns up with his legs as well and one of his most absurd performances has got to be against Stanley Lake 224 passing yards and two touchdowns, but 237 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. This is a very narrow loss and one that is not this close if Mason is not doing the absolute most 
for Westminster here. We're very excited to watch him his senior year as well. The next guy on this list, changing up the position a little bit here and moving to the tailback position is Matthias Price out of Fountain Fort Carson. This team lost their starting quarterback fairly early in the season, and then they had to go from utilizing Matthias Price as a part of their offense to him being their offense, but he showed that capability even before that point, such as their win against Highlands Ranch High School where he had 226 yards and five rushing touchdowns, or where they lost their quarterback, and that was in the Pueblo West game, 151 yards and four rushing touchdowns in that, another three in a down south blowout win over Doherty on 100 yards and only 14 carries, and a close win over Legend, 125 yards and a touchdown, and in the farewell, basically, to their or their last win in the regular season, three touchdowns and 263 yards, and then throw in a 41-yard, a 71-yard reception against Falcon and Pine Creek, respectively, that both go for scores, and that makes for his two receiving touchdowns out of his 170 yards, and on the season, 20 total rushing touchdowns, two two-point conversions, and 1,579 rushing yards, as well as giving Fountain Fort Carson a berth into the postseason here, where they would pull off an upset, but you know, I think that for them to have a winning record while losing their starting quarterback and having to change up their offense and then just living and dying by the price ball carrier here, they lived more than they died, and I think that's absolutely worth a look at most valuable playmaker. And the last one here, this is a familiar name around these offensive or MVP conversations, and that is Austin Madreski out of Mountain Vista High School. This junior quarterback, 3,031 passing yards, 34 touchdowns to just six picks, and then 201 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. Some crazy, silly performances that he had included a three-game tear like the one where he throws for four touchdowns against Heritage, four against Fort Collins, and five against Chaparral. And right after that, another three against Legacy, another five against Thunder Ridge, and a crosstown huge W, another three with no interceptions against Rock Canyon, another three with only one pick against Castleview, and another five with no interceptions against Highlands Ranch High School, with those total yards being respectively 285, 231, 310, 320, 451, 273, 343, and 254. He puts up video game numbers, he makes it look too easy, and he was integral to Mountain Vista's success this season. And so it's actually a really interesting vote here because, first off, Coach Wes, let's get a prep red zone and we in that mode, he is going to throw a wrench in the entire system and do a write-in here by saying, quote, I know his name is not on the list. End quote. He's talking about Charlie Eckhart, that is. Requote, making my vote on this one useless. It would be disingenuous from for me to pick anyone else for this category, and I don't want to do that out of respect for everyone. Eckhart was outstanding all season, but his performance in Arapahoe's game against Cherry Creek is what put a stamp on the 5A MVP talk for me. End quote. And you know what? Shout out to Wes for doing a write-in vote here and going to our honorable mentions list. You know, I would like to argue for him, and MVP was, I mean, as it always is, the hardest one to decide who the finalists are. So shout out to, you know, like I said, all the other guys who are even award finalists or honorable mentions, all of those names were considered for the final four on this list. And so let's go ahead and start talking about some of the other guys here who did vote for guys whose boxes were looking to be checked here, such as Spencer, who says, quote, this one came down to Madden and Price. I love how much of a monster price is. He gives me King Henry vibes, but I got to lean towards Madden. Even though this is a regular season award, I cannot get past the Superman sort of effort shown by Madden in the quarterfinal game against Creek. He constantly does all the right things and puts his team in chances to win. The way he reads the field is incredible and his ball placement is some of the best, but the way he can improvise and extend plays outside of the pocket till something presents itself or take off and run, he always seems to know exactly where he needs to be. Rouston Valley is going to have a hell of a time finding his replacement, end quote. And yeah, Logan Madden, that schedule, it came up a lot here. And that is why we went back and forth here. So that is a vote for Charlie Eckhart, oddly enough, and a vote for Logan Madden. Now let's turn 
to the other fellas of the pod here, starting with Gino, who voted for Matthias Price, saying, quote, Matthias Price was the most dominant running back in 5A for a top 10 team in the state that was missing their starting quarterback for 90% of the season. He did this all while every defense they faced loaded the box against him, but it didn't really matter. Price was definitely the MVP, but I would give Logan Madden the runner-up vote for sure, end quote. So now we're starting to get into a little bit of a shootout here between Matthias Price and Logan Madden. Now Gideon here is going to follow Gino's steps here and vote for Matthias Price, saying, quote, if Colton Kamba hadn't gotten injured, my vote would probably be for Mason Kiewet. However, Kamba did go down and Price had to step up and put this team on his back. Price is one of the most imposing physical forces in the state, and the only running back that rivals his size and presence is Dylan Hearn, the state's leading rusher. Price took this team and kept them in the playoff hunt, and even though this is a regular season award, won them a playoff game against a Power 5 commit in dominating fashion. This is a tough competition, but Price takes it for me, end quote. And with that, Gideon helps get Matthias Price a 2-1 to lead over Logan Madden and Charlie Eckhart. Now, Logan Madden here is going to be Coach V's vote to tie it right back up, saying, quote, Matthias Price was a close second, but the number of clutch plays in the fourth this kid made to seal away games was big time. Ralston Valley had one of the toughest schedules in all of Colorado and still found a way to end up as a top seed in the playoffs. That's extremely difficult to do, and you don't do that without winning big time games like he did. End quote. So that is going to make it a tie between Logan Madden and Matthias Price. These fellas at two votes apiece. Now I'm going to break the tiebreaker here, but it can be written right back depending on how the Twitter polls went. But allow me to make it a little interesting here by voting for Matthias Price. Homeboy literally carried Fountain Fort Carson's offense to the postseason and had to do so with entire defenses keying on him extra hard. His volume, toughness, and efficiency were critical for the Trojan success more than any other one player on this list, in my opinion. Now, that does give Matthias Price a 3-2-2 lead over Logan Madden, but remember, the fan vote has a tiebreaker here or has the tiebreaker, I should say. So if Madden were to win the fan vote, then he would be crowned the offensive or the most valuable playmaker. But if Madden does not win this, then Matthias Price walks away with it. And so let's go ahead and talk about some of the numbers here. Mason Kiewet, like I said, we're very excited to watch him his senior year, and he does capture 22% of the vote. And the same could be said about Austin Madreski here, who got 23% of the vote as well. Both of those quarterbacks being imperative to their offenses here. But neither one of them won the fan vote here. And so between Matthias Price and Logan Madden, out of 583 votes, the winner of 5A Most Valuable Playmaker is Logan Madden by tiebreaker here, getting 36 to just 19% of the vote. You, the fans, had the final say here in a 3-3 deadlock with the Charlie Eckhart write-in. The fans here at 36% of the votes is the reason that Logan Madden is going to be crowned our 5A 2023 Colorado Most Valuable Playmaker courtesy of Playmaker's Corner. Congratulations to all of these finalists for all these awards. And Logan, way to clutch it up with the fans. He's a guy of the people. What more needs to be said? Now, this last segment is for our newest award, which is 2023 5A Coach of the Year. But before we talk about the finalists, we have some honorable mentions like Garrett Looney out of Mountain Vista, 8-2 record, the number two overall offense, and number four in point differential, as well as the eighth seed heading into the postseason. Steven, sorry if I'm going to mess this up, Room Polhammer here, or Polhammer out of Denver East, 8-2, number five offense, tied for the number one defense, a 13 seed, and their first playoff berth since 2018. 
Todd Miller from Pine Creek, who went 9-1 with the number 4 defense and the number 7 point differential, and the 4 seed heading into the postseason. Jared Yanacito for Rouson Valley, 8-2 with the 5 seed in one of the hardest schedules, if not the hardest schedule in all of 5A. And Chris Rosehole out of Chatfield, who went 7-3, tied for the number 6 offense, was number 10 in point differential, and the 14 seed, which is a little deceptive, honestly, probably closer to a top 10 seed um, if there weren't some extenuating cir- circumstances. But let's go ahead and talk about the other coaches here and the finalists and the nominees here, such as Danny Philemon here out of Regis Jesuit, who went 6-4 and four with a 6 seed. This team overachieved with how many graduating pieces they had from last season. This team was expected to take a major step back, yet somehow still found themselves with a bye week here and playing in some absolute dogfights of games here. So, you know, it's about the overachieving here for Regis Jesuit to get the number six seed and Danny Philemon's work in doing so. Now, the next Coach of the Year candidate is Eric Handke out of Castleview here. The number nine seeded Sabercats benefited from a top five defensive unit and going seven and three, this is one of the better Castleview seasons that we've seen in quite some time. Not to mention, he also got a dub in the postseason as well. But Eric Hanke running a very efficient offense in, I believe, his first or one of his first years at the helm. Now, this one is an awesome one for me, and I was fighting very hard for this, and that is Tyler Brayton out of Arapahoe High School. Now, this was his second year at the helm, and he changed the offense so that Arapahoe would one of the most explosive offenses probably in school history here as it was ranked number six in total offense and number 10 in top defense here, as well as securing a three seed heading into the postseason at an eight and two record losing to both the teams that would eventually go to state. And the final list, the final finalist here is Dave Logan out of Cherry Creek, 10-0 with the number four offense, the number one defense, and the one seed heading into the postseason. Same story, different day. And that is how the very first vote is going to kick us off here with Coach V saying, quote, year in, year out, he finds a way to get it done and get this team ready for the playoffs. They had an excellent season without some key players from last year's squad, and that goes a long way for me. Coach Logan is the definition of consistency, and that's why I have him right here as my vote for Coach of the Year, end quote. And you, the listeners, were vibing with that as well here, giving Logan a 46% majority of the vote here, exceeding Tyler Brayton at 26, Eric Hanke at 20, and Danny Philman at 8%. So that is now two votes, including you, the listeners, for Dave Logan. Now, if we hop over to our pals over in the media polls, such as Spencer from Box State, he's going to swing the tide a little bit and vote for Tyler Brayton here, saying, quote, I thought Arapo was the biggest surprise of the year. I didn't even have them in my subquote just outside and subquote rankings at the beginning of the year. To do what they did this year Proving that they were easily a top five team in the state was something to see. They showed that they were not to be trifled with the entire year, only losing to both teams in the state championship game right now, and a game I thought they should have won against Chatfield. Subquote, you gotta put the ball in your biggest playmaker's hands. Subquote. I mean, come on, man. Other than that, Coach Brayton was the most impressive coach on the list, making him my coach of the year. But Coach Wes of Prep Red Zone and We in That Mode is gonna turn the tide right back to Logan here saying, quote, Coach Logan is one of the top high school coaches in the nation with a legacy that speaks volumes. There are a lot of naysayers out there when it comes to him, but my personal opinion is that that attitude stems from a place of jealousy. I've met a lot of people who have played for him throughout the past 20 plus years, none of whom have said a single negative thing about him. In fact, they're all thriving now and credit their football success to coming up under Coach Logan. Since joining Colorado's high school football scene a few years back, I have always been impressed with how he runs his program. Watching Cherry Creek reminds me of watching high school football in the places I grew up in where faith family football is the order in which life operates. For that reason, it's hard for me to not go with Coach Dave Logan, end quote. And so Dave Logan now with a 3-1 lead, but in a best of seven series, will that be enough? Well, 
Gino's going to make things interesting here by voting for Tyler Brayton, saying, quote, Arapo was a pleasant surprise this year that gave several of the top teams in the state a run for their money. You've got to give Coach Brayton a ton of credit for the wins over Grandview, Regis, and Rock Canyon, among others, as well as giving Columbine and Cherry Creek a run for their money. I don't think many people had Arapo being a three seed heading into the playoffs, so Coach Brayton gets my vote for Coach of the Year. My runner-up would be Dave Logan for leading Creek to an undefeated regular season with dominant wins over multiple top teams in the state, end quote. So Brayton catching up a little bit here and making things interesting at a two to three spread. But what's even more interesting is that Gideon here also voted for Tyler Brayton saying, quote, this award is really, really tough to me. There are three guys at the front of my mind in Hankey, Brayton, and Logan. Brayton made the Arapo offense the most dynamic that it has been in over a decade and brought them as close to beat the top teams that they've ever been. Hankey turned around one of the worst teams in Colorado last year and turned them into a top 10 team. He made a lot of a lot out of what was suboptimal roster last year, and I was genuinely surprised when they were winning for those first couple of weeks. However, that legend win completely changed my thinking. This is a team that, when firing on all cylinders, could go toe-to-toe with anyone. Then we had Coach Logan maintaining the success at Cherry Creek, even further cementing his legacy as the GOAT coach in Colorado high school football. I know that I just talked about the biggest turnaround in the state and the proclaimed one of the coaches as the GOAT, but I have to go with Brayton. Arapo finally moved away from the same offense, and that is what brought them into the tops, one of the top seeds. Nobody saw Arapo being a top team, and though Castleview was more surprising, it felt like the Warriors' success was much more consistent. And Logan had a good season, of course, but his roster is much better than Brayton's. Brayton's got the most out of less and surpassed all expectations. End quote. Hoo-wee, Gideon. That was quite the uh, lungful there. And now it is tied with Brayton at three and Coach Logan at three as well with the head-to-head in the tiebreaker category of the fan vote. But I'm sure y'all are already rolling your eyes and groaning because, look, it was a 3-1 lead for Logan, and now that gap has been closed And just like LeBron, I'm going to help bring this comeback all the way home and be a homer here and vote for Tyler Brayton because, you know, what I saw from Rappo's offense this season was the most creative the Warriors have ever ran in my lifetime. In my lifetime. This is my alma mater. And somehow through one, two, three, and I'd even say Brayton's first year, four coaches in the span of like six years, the offense was somehow still the same eye form, power, handoff, play action, quick read uh, offense that, you know, was honestly the th- one of the things that really held this team back for the longest time. But with this new system that he had implemented in the offseason and what actually got me really interested in AHS and as somebody who's very hard on my alma mater, I was completely blown away here what he was able to get out of Mikey Moynihan and the amount of playmakers that were allowed to do their thing behind a brutalizing offensive line felt really legit here. The defense was also top-notch like clockwork, but the offensive explosion from AHS is what gives Brayton the edge for me and for this award here. So the 5A 2023 Playmakers Corner Coach of the Year goes to Tyler Brayton of Arapahoe High School. Now, for the final recap here, that was the Coach of the Year was Tyler Brayton. The Most Valuable Playmaker was Logan Madden out of Ralston Valley. For Offensive Playmaker of the Year, it went to a unit this time around in Cherry Creek's Offensive Line. For Defensive Playmaker of the Year, it was Landon Holloway, the linebacker out of Denver East. And for Newcomer of the Year, it was freshman quarterback Koa Dietrich here out of Mullen High School. And that will be it for not just the 5A Playmakers Corner End of the Year Awards in 2023, but that will be it for all of the awards here in 2023. What an awesome season that everyone put together here. And thank you to Coach Wes of 
prep red zone and we in that mode. If you are not already doing so, be sure to give that fella a follow on both Twitter and Instagram. And also our guy Spencer from Box State Sports as well. And everyone who voted on those polls for the end of the year awards. And if you thought I forgot, I definitely did. And I had to pause and pull it up. But we also have the 5A All Playmaker list. Now for this list, this is decided between Gino Gideon, Coach V, and myself. And we have position limits here for this. So for any classification, we only accept two quarterbacks two running backs, three wide receivers, a single tight end, two offensive tackles, three interior offensive linemen, important distinction there, and an athlete as well for the offense slash defense for that athlete. And then on the defensive side, two interior defensive linemen, two edge rushers, two traditional middle-ish linebackers, three corners, two safeties, two kickers, and a punter. So let's go ahead and talk about the 5A all-playmaker list here on the defensive slash special team side. The punter was Kai Sundermeer out of Doherty High School, the senior. And then the kickers were Christian Montero and Mason Walters out of Castleview and Valor Christian, respectively a sophomore and junior. The safeties were Joel Lopez out of Fort Collins and Cam Chapa out of Eagle Crest, both seniors. And staying with that Eagle Crest energy, Corey Jackson was a cornerback for us on the all-playmaker list, joined by Lawson Douglas out of Regis Jesuit and Goose Shelp. There's that name again out of Chatfield. At the linebacker position, we had Trevor Nordstrom out of Regis Jesuit and Landon Holloway out of Denver East. On the edge, we had Jordan Ochoa out of Castleview, the senior and DJ Crow, the junior out of Denver East. Very senior-heavy list, as you can tell, on the defensive side. And that is going to remain consistent as Tyrese Johnson out of Ralston Valley is our interior defensive line selection, along with Chaz Barnett out of Rock Canyon. Now, (gasps) on the offensive side, we're going to switch it up a little bit here and be a little bit younger with the quarterback spots going to Austin Madreski out of Mountain Vista and Mason Kiewet out of Westminster. At the running back position, Matthias Price gets the gets one of the spots, the senior out of Fountain Fort Carson, and Jaden Lawrence gets another spot, the junior out of Legend High School. At the wide receiver position, this was really cutthroat here, but it came down to these three seniors, Jackson Hansen out of Rawson Valley, Solomon Latimer out of Doherty, and Hunter M. Garden out of Westminster. Staying with that senior energy is going to be a Centennial League tight end, Logan Ryan, out of Eagle Crest High School. At the tackle positions is Brendan Crisp, out of Arapahoe High School, and Max Parrott, out of Cherry Creek. Now, I know what you're thinking. Aren't you leaving some pretty big names and stars off the list? Look, it was cutthroat at the line position in 5A that might literally swallow up our entire senior top fives, potentially. Now, continuing on for interior offensive linemen, we had Hayden Treeter out of Cherry Creek, Benjamin Brown, a junior out of Arapahoe, the only non-senior on this offensive line, because Cale Weatherby is the other interior offensive lineman, and Jordan Retchell is the athlete, the junior out of Fairview, for his work, both passing, catching, and defensively. So, those were the all-playmaker teams, so shout out to all those guys. This was a very deliberate process with Gino Gideon, Coach V and myself that was like pulling teeth to try and whittle it down. But we do the hard stuff like that because maybe Chassa doesn't uh, with their all playmaker or with their all state teams where there's like a gazillion people and no position limits. So that is what separates us and what makes the all PMC lists a little bit more special in our eyes. And with that, that'll do it for this episode of Playmakers Corner here and almost all of our 2023 season content here. We will just have one last episode here next Tuesday about our favorite moments. But for more content coming up, such as our top five seniors by position in the state of Colorado series, that is our oldest series to date, be sure that you are following us either on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. Make sure that you're subscribed to any of those or whatever they call it and have notifications turned on in your apps so that way you get notified whenever a new episode drops. 
as for the visuals to all of these graphics and all of the cool, pretty stuff, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Playmakers Corner or on Twitter slash X at Playmaker Corner for those posts. And we also do the exact same thing at Playmakers Corner, two separate words, on Facebook. So be sure to follow us and share us on all of those as well. And to see highlight reels of our top five lists, as well as look at, you know, football highlights from games that we attended this year, as well as just other content. We're also on TikTok at Playmakers Corner. And on TikTok this year, we did reach 10,000. On Instagram this year, we reached over 8,000 followers. And on Twitter slash X, we reached over 4,500 followers. So thank you to everyone. And please continue to join PMC fam, hashtag PMC fam, for all of those posts. And what a fun season it was. I'm really glad to have wrapped it up with these 5A end of the regular season awards. And be sure once again to find our guys here like at Box State Sports on Instagram here. That is our guy Spencer who did help vote on these awards here as well as Coach Wes that you can find at Coach Wes underscore 23 on Instagram. And I believe it's the exact same on Twitter slash X. Coach Wes of Prep Red Zone as well as We In That Mode. Check all of those projects out that all of those creators are doing to continue to advance Colorado football and I have been your host for this episode and showrunner, Cody Stoffer, with the amazing talents of Gideon, Gino, and Coach V helping me along the way. And I am signing off on this one. And until next time, adios.